Welcome back, everyone who's been traveling. Good to see hey, everyone. Happy What's New up, Year. Every, happy New yeah, Year, everyone. Yeah, yeah, Merry New Year. Merry Pope yes. is back from the North Pole. Yeah, Pope's back from the North Pole in Paris. Toby's back from London. Milk I'm and I are just Orlando. back from our houses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Didn't you go to Orlando like twice during the holidays? That's, yeah, twice. Twice. Awesome. One awesome. of us has not done traveling yet. We're we're missing yeah, one. Well, right. one of us is conspicuously absent, and we'll get to the reason why later. I I think it's no coincidence why he's not not with us. Interesting. Uh, wow. Anyway, look forward to that. Let's uh, let's jump right into this episode ninety six. We're four away, fellas. Unbelievable. I've got my spot four for the tat from hundred. Got my spot for the tat picked out too. How about you, Milk? <laughs> oh yeah. Can we get a commitment from you? Can't reveal what the location, but is nice. it going to be on your body? That's all I want to know. <laughs> Actually, I'm t- I'm tatting up Natalie. <laughs> He's doing one of his children. Folks right. doing one of his dogs. Yeah. <laughs> there was no commitment to like where it had to be or who had to be on. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Keenan, right. Keenan's All gonna right. get branded. I'm preparing a brand, yeah, just like Yellowstone, little brand <laughs> SMQBs. Oh, poor. Bring Keenan. them on over. Oh boy. All right, who has a guess out of the box? Who number ninety six is? Ooh. Wow. No research. Give me yeah, the is, is it football What's the sport? All right. Yes, football. This guy was an All American defensive tackle in college. Drafted number three in the first round in 1990. Mm-hmm. Was the 1992 Defensive Player of the Year. Wow. Played 11 seasons for one team as a defensive tackle and made eight Pro Bowls. 96 defensive tackle. Hall of Famer or just in, Pro Bowls? No, no. In 2007, Sports Illustrated named him. The best athlete to ever wear number 96. And sadly, especially given the circumstances last night, he died way too young at age 48 in 2017 of a heart of heart failure. Gosh, now I got to think about uh, the team he might have been on. I'll give you some clues. The NFL team he played 11 seasons for was. The Seahawks. Um, Seahawks. I'm forgetting his name. I I know. Where did he go to college? If once I say that, you'll get it. Oh, I think you're there. The U. Uh, Defensive tackle. Oh, from the U. I know it's it's on the tip of my tongue. I can't believe I I don't know this. Yeah. Yeah, big no, I'm gonna totally go nuts when you say it. Uh, I don't know. Cortez Kennedy. Oh, Cortez Kennedy. crap! Holy shit! Wow! Wow, Rooster! I thought for sure that once once I said Cortez University of Miami, Kennedy. you guys would get that. God! All right, that guy was awesome. He was great. 
Wow, gosh. That was a good that was a good one. That's that's, that's a, a lot better 96. than a lot better than Nace ever does. Good job, <laughs> we didn't you obviously didn't have much to work with since not the much player to ever wear 96. Yeah, but Nace yeah, right. not even like, in the Hall of Fame. He would have had some commander or something. Well, it would have been in the 70s, Milk, so you would have been right. Out. Some guy from 1945. He would have been a hockey player from a defunct right. team or a minor league baseball catcher. Right. Right. Listen, speaking of incredibly sad heart issues last night my god damar hamlin i mean yeah as we you always see in sports everybody now wants to jump all over people for their reactions like joe buck and douchey skip bayless but i i I have to say i kind of like the way that the Bengals handled it in their statement um you know that if you notice the fans and the both teams just acted with grace and humanity and respect for the player as a human being. And the Bengals statement is the Bengals are thankful for the love and compassion shown by all praying for DeMar. I really think that's what we should focus on and not all this other petty bullshit that has come out about comments. And, you know, there's so many trolls out there. We should be above that. The, the fans have, have raised $4 million for uh, DeMar Hamlin's toy drive charity. I mean, it's That's a beautiful amazing. thing. Awesome. Uh, our, the SMQB's prayers go out to DeMar and his family. Um, if you guys uh, haven't seen the um, the little clip from Ryan Clark on with Scott oh, Van Pelt yeah. last night. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. great. Boy, did he nail it. He really, really, in two minutes, absolutely nailed what's really at stake for these players. And uh, I don't know. I, I don't understand the medicine well enough, guys. Like, I, I heard something like, basically, they have to keep him at a really sub-freezing temperature for a while to let the brain hopefully kind of calm down to be able to breathe on his own. But I just pray that, you know, everybody raves about the doctors at UC Medical Center. I just I just pray that the physicians that are involved can come up with something that allows this guy to breathe again on his own. I mean, apparently he has a pulse and he has stable vital signs, but it's all about being able to breathe on his own because otherwise I think we're we have a, a big tragedy on our hands. Right. A lot of it's gonna have to do with how, how long he was not breathing. Right. Right. Well nine they, minutes of I mean, CPR. Yeah. Yeah, but they got they got the defib in five. I was reading like literally other than a hospital, this was the best place for this to have happened mm. because they had the equipment ready mm. immediately. I mean, you know, it's obviously football's a violent sport and we can we've talked about that at length with concussions and Tua and all that, but um it appears, you know, uh doing a lot of reading on the plane coming back from Paris uh, from the medical experts. It, it does appear this is really a freak occurrence and it's happened in other sports. They say it's actually more likely to happen when you get hit by a, by a ball being thrown by a baseball player in the chest, um, yeah. which happens, you know, probably more, more uh, frequently than exactly what the hit was to uh, Hamlin. Um, and it happened to Chris Pronger too, the hockey player. So, um, you know, it's kind of hard to sit here and armchair quarterback and say, you know, it's because of football. 
it's a violent sport. Yeah, but it's happened in other sports. It's just it's a freak occurrence. And, you know, like, like we don't even know if that's what happened, though, yet. It could be a congenital issue. We just don't know. Yeah, right. I mean, it's probably more likely than not, I'm sure. Traumatic. the doctors, the medicine, the guys, I mean, they they're all very convinced this is exactly what happened because it's it's explains uh, his reaction and explains how, you know, something like that could have happened. Um, yeah, we don't know 100 percent. I mean, hopefully we will. It looks exactly like the Chris Pronger video. That's what exactly. I was say. Exactly. It's like, like the it. same things. Trauma to the chest gets up, moves for a second and then bam, they go and, down. And Pronger made a. He was on the ice in what twelve months? Yeah, that's amazing. Well, he was back. Uh, yeah, I don't yeah. Know. yeah. Let's, hope. Let's hope that would be amazing. Absolutely amazing. Did you guys think that besides the broadcasting element, because they really didn't know how to handle that, Susie Colbert and oh, Burger, and do you think that there was anything? about the football element to it, that this is transformational, that there will be some kind of change because of this. Cause it does sound like Pope is right. Like the, the medicine, they were right on it medically. Is there something about this event that changes football in any way? Well, it couldn't have come at a worse time for the NFL. I mean, like I agree with you, Pope, it could be one of these one in a million or whatever you want to say, but right now with the spotlight on injuries and head trauma and concussions and now you throw this in there and i mean i feel like the nfl has a problem right now it's going to have a the perception problem has grown even worse after last night um i don't know if things are going to change though i mean what i don't know better equipment i, I don't i don't know what the answer is no, you, but, you can only pad your chest so much right. you it's, know i mean um, I mean, and it wasn't even a vicious tackle as no. as we define a vicious tackle. No, you yeah, know? I think I, it was just I, it was uh, in the perfect spot. It was right. in the perfect precision. Right. Yeah, I had I had a friend who's no longer with us who trained, you know, with the military in, in a in a unit where he was designed. You know, he was trained to kill people with his hands, and he told me a long time ago he could hit he could hit somebody in the chest in the right spot and kill him on the spot. Yeah. Well, so yeah. We, we all have a mutual friend who could, who could do that and talks about it <laughs> <laughs> with, mm. with a, you know, a straw. <laughs> right. Not sure I'm buying that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's I mean, move I, on I to something. Sorry, I just, go ahead. I don't No, I just, I mean, yeah, you're right, Milk. It's uh, not great for the PR right now with two as concussion protocol, you know, going back in for third time, uh, more scrutiny on injuries, head injuries. But um, I, I don't think this is going to cause any significant change in the NFL. Um, it's, no. it's just an unfortunate freak accident, but I, I don't think that – I don't think people are going to say, oh, you know, now that violent sport, you know, we need to curtail it any more than what they've already been trying to do. I think, I think the NFL's problem is more the future, right? Like, right, right. Exactly. People stop playing football, you know, kids, is that parents gonna... stop letting their kids play. That's, and I, don't, that's the... I don't know if that's nope. ever going to happen either because it's not going to happen. It's a, it, as long as there's a way out of, of, of a dead end situation. It's still going to happen. Yep. Yeah. And quite frankly, as fans, you know, we, 
we encourage the we 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 like the gruesome aspect of it. We glorify it. We glorify yeah. it absolutely. Um, and and I don't know if that's going to change. I I think I said this earlier this year. We're not that much farther evolved from the days of the Romans. No, <laughs> really. When sport sporting events were violent as they could make them now they're just violent collisions with no heads yeah. cut off but it's still pretty bad yes yeah. it's, it's still entertainment for let's people. talk speaking about uh sporting events let's talk about something more fun house's excellent adventure in london every time i saw one of his posts with his kids either going to a premier league game or watching one at a pub I was like, this guy's having the time of his life. And he's experiencing something that we as American fans probably don't get. So for the Americans who've never been to a Premier League game or sat in a uh, Premier League hometown pub, tell us what it was like. Can I ask one question before you get started? How many people in England did you ask to take a picture of your family? <laughs> there are 50 photos either that or you had a really long how many stick. times did you hear somebody say wanker as they were walking <laughs> away <laughs> well there was no nobody that took our picture said wanker but when we get to the Millwall match we'll introduce you to uh, a few curse words that are choice but yes. listen uh, for all of our listeners who have assembled their sports bucket list whether it's I don't know, the Masters, the Kentucky Derby, the Final Four, you know, some Michigan, Ohio State, Alabama, Auburn. You have got to put English Premier League on your bucket list, on your sports bucket list. Make it happen. It is such an incredible, not sporting spectacle, but cultural and sporting spectacle. You know, all I kept thinking about while I was over there was the character – from from Danny Rojas from from Ted Lasso who says football is life football is life to these people yeah. and it, and it's life even when their team sucks so it's not like it's not like they're jumping off the bandwagon um it's about community it's about culture it's about generational uh loyalty and he, here's what's i mean there's so you're so, saying there are no popes in the fan base. Yeah, no, no. They're they're not they aren't really bandwagon jumpers over there. But he, he here's what's so cool that we would love as the SMQBs, but I think any beer swilling American would love over there. Like nobody goes into the seats and like says, Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch only the Americans who are tourists over there and want to see the experience. Nobody goes into their seats. There is a communal hangout. You see each other one again, you're at the match one again. You're drinking beer, and then you basically know when it's five minutes before the match, everything's very punctual there. I mean, you guys know there's 45-minute half plus a little bit of injury time. There's an exact amount of time for halftime, and then there's 45-minute second half. And uh, because of, I guess, soccer hooligans, there is no alcohol in the seats. There's no beer sales in the seats. There's nobody coming around. So everybody is pounding before the game in, in what feels like like in an Oktoberfest environment. They're just all out there in either outside or in the concourse. And then you go into the match and 
it is ritual. It's like it's like almost like open up the hymn book and say which hymn. They all have their songs. They all have their chants. They all know them. They all say it in unison. Um, here's here's something that was really cool. So we did four matches, two of which we watched in pubs, and two of which we went to live. We saw Tottenham in London. We saw Arsenal right outside of Emirates Stadium at uh, the famous Cock Pub. That's the name of the pub Um, with a bunch of gunner supporters from Arsenal, which was so much fun because they were doing the cheers and chants inside the pub. And then we went to Chelsea live at Stamford bridge and we went to Millwall, which is in the second division championship division uh, on our last night there. First of all, there are very, very, very few cars that go to games. Everybody takes public transit or it's in their community and they walk to the game. And That's so when amazing. You, it's so cool when you leave the game, which we did both for, for Chelsea and for Millwall, when we left the game, people are walking along and then they're just saying bye as they go over to their house, go over to their apartment, go over their flat, or <laughs> then they get on the tube. It's awesome. The underground. It's so cool. But at Chelsea, they've got the America has got to get this. They have this panel on the wall that you go over to and you pre-order not just your beers before the game. This is in the club section because you can't take them into the game. You pre-order your beers before the game, but you also pre-order your beers for halftime. So, <laughs> so they, yes. they, they print out a slip out of this machine and then you just go hand it up and then they just pass you beers. <sighs> There's an interesting kind of like a monopolization. There's like every every one of these stadiums pretty much has one or maybe two uh, beer seller. It's not like you have a choice of like 20 beers to choose from or some kind of beer garden. That's the designated beer for the thing. But let me tell you, it there is a lot of rivalry between these different clubs, so much so that they literally – physically separate them in the stadium it's not like it's not like visiting fans are interspersed within the crowd they have their sliver of the stadium there is a line of security walling off them from anybody and they sit in that sliver of the stadium in millwall it was so separate that it was a completely different section of the stadium separated by space and then they go back and forth with a chance between them i mean i'll just you know like the their best uh, player on Millwall is a guy named Ian Fleming. There's a whole song where they cheer about Ian Fleming. Not, not, not that wrote James Bond, different Ian Fleming. Ian Fleming is great. Ian Fleming is great. Ian Fleming F your sister. That's, that's the song that they, (laughs) (laughs) it's just like, and an R rated Ted Lasso. They, they, absolutely brutalize the officials and it's really? so funny it is so funny that sometimes the officials just turn and they laugh <laughs> so the the linesman this poor linesman who was bald-headed and a little short was just getting just crucified they call they call the linesman liney so it was like liney you bold effing c you know i'm not gonna say that one but i mean oh wow all oh. all match long it, it is it's spectacular uh it, oh the other thing that america needs to do is the security 
they have this like turnstile system where when you go in, it's one person at a time that goes like a quarter of a turnstile. Somehow it does a, a really quick body scan and it basically says green or red and you move. It is, it is so efficient. It's so fast. Instead of lines, you just go up, get in the turnstile, green or red, it's green, you go. It's a great experience. Why can't we have this shit? It is a great, great, great experience. If when you go do it, don't just go see Premier League, also see Second Division. Millwall was a blast. Millwall versus Bristol City was a blast. So, so House, the Chelsea fan base, are they do they basically live in Chelsea or yeah, they, are there people from other parts of London who are like, oh, you know, I like Chelsea because they got Pulisic or whoever? For the most part, it's all geographic. So okay. so Chelsea is over in the section, basically Stamford Bridge and Fulham area. What's crazy, how big London is, they support about 10, 12 different teams between That's Premier crazy. League. It, there are so many teams, but Arsenal's very geographical. Um you know, all, all these, all these London teams, they are very, very geographic. It's, so it's, it's amazing. So it's basically like if you take a U.S. city, you would have every kind of major neighborhood in that city would have their own team. Yes. Yeah. See, I think you guys, uh, Milk and Pope would have, because the closest comparison I could make it, and I don't go to that many of them, is college football. It seemed like more of a college football environment than a pro environment because of how much it meant to these people um, culturally. Yeah. Well, I think it's it's maybe more like high school here. Yeah. Right. Because high school, in theory, is the area where you live, and you go and you play the town, the, the team from across town, and there's that rivalry. Uh, whereas college, you know, it's from all over the country, but here, you know, in high school, people live where they go, you know, stadium and go home, just like you said. So maybe that's what we're looking at as far as yeah, that's an interesting apples point. to apples. We played we played games in high school on Thanksgiving Day. Yeah. yeah. Go play a yeah. game and then go home and have Thanksgiving dinner. House, what what do they think about the Americans adopting soccer over here? Like, is it do they think that's funny? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, they 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 like that. There's nice. So what was cool about this? One of the things that we really lucked out on was that these were pretty much the first matches after the World Cup. So Christian Pulisic for Chelsea got a a really really even though you know he he was a star player against poor American against England he got a really really warm welcome. But other than that, they're like, you know, they don't. Really, are they like you guys? Why are you? Why do you, you root for Chelsea? Yeah. I know, I know, Milk. Yeah. You won't remember this, but do, do you other two guys remember the North American Soccer League? Oh yeah, yeah, the NASL, the, the Cosmos. I mean, yeah, from Pele. like seventies no. to mid eighties. Fever. I thought that was going to take tropics? off. Well, it, so did it, so did a lot of the executives of the NASL. Right. I mean, it, it until Pele died, it really was pretty cool. I mean, the Cosmos were a star-studded team, but. Unless the U.S. allows Arab money to come into professional soccer in the United States, there will never be any chance to compete with the big, you know, Bundesliga, La Liga, you know, Premier League, because there's so much influx of foreign money coming into these teams now. This week, the transfer window is going to open. You're going to see some just mind-blowing numbers of just the 
amount you're paying another team, that's before you sign a contract. You could pay a team $80 million just to get the player off the team, and then you got to sign them to a contract of $50 million a year. Speaking of Arab money, what, look, look at Ronaldo. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, I think I have a bad $211 million? Come I have on. a bad feeling something bad's going to happen to Ronaldo, and that's going to that's going to reverse that trend a little bit. You think so? I mean, I think they think they own that guy at this point. Oh, they do. Ask Phil. <laughs> yeah, right. Anyway, SMQB's got to do a road trip there. So Absolutely. wait, hold on. You can't have a beer in your seat. Correct. No alcohol in the stands at any stadium. Because of fighting. So, but can you go up to the concession? Is there at the end? Then you can drink in the concourse. And you chug, and then you go back to yep. your seat. Yeah, we did some of that. Doesn't that encourage mm-hmm. more drinking? Yes. I've been running and like. Ugh. It's like the it's like the colleges that don't let their kids drink on campus, so they do pre gaming in right. their rooms. Yeah. Do they? Get, is it a draft beer or you get a can? You can do a draft beer, or they have some bottles which are now plastic ish right so you can't really shotgun that's what i was thinking milk (laughs) you can you can you can chug it and they give you a a glass of your draft beer you can definitely chug it there's i have some video of that too (laughs) 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 wow that's awesome man i want to i'm dying to go go over there and go to do that i've personally seen pope chug a pint of bourbon a pint that time a bourbon yeah, he, oh, more or less. More, there was more than just bourbon in this in this cup, but it was oh. a it was a feat. It was similar to House at Hilton Head, maybe ish. Yeah, without <laughs> without the face plant. Yeah, we've all been there. <laughs> uh, so let's move on to uh, week seventeen cool. is in the bag almost uh, yeah. with the NFL, and the playoff picture is looking pretty clear in both conferences all but one team you know the one through six is pretty much settled in both conferences um my theory about bison is of the five smqb teams four of them represented here tonight are in the playoffs oh, oh, the commanders does. shit the bed and lost and are out. Well, they're, their coach didn't know if they lost. They might yeah, their out. coach wasn't sure. By the way, that, that was horrible. An, whether it was an important That's why game. Started Carson Wentz. He didn't start, matter. Starts a guy who'd been benched for. Well, we were supposed to win. What? Wait, oh, I thought we could win next week, and we're in. Wait, what? And then to make matters worse, to make matters worse, they roll out their new. <laughs> Their new <laughs> major Tuddy, major Tuddy <laughs> mascot. Tutty. This, is team, this is a team with a misogyny problem, and they decide, to, hey, I have a good idea for a mascot: a fat white guy dressed as a pig. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Sort of, sort of sums up the commander's season right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, looking at the standings, they are dead last no matter what. Yeah. Yep. In the East? Uh, uh, yeah. They're out. Yeah, they're out. They're, they're out. E, E by their name, E eliminated. But well, we've got an exciting week 18, right, Rooster? Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, we've we, in the in the NFC, we've got currently as things stand, Eagles 1, Niners 2, Vikings three bucks four. Thank God we're going to have a 
team with a winning record representing the uh, South? You sure? No, are we? No, are we? No, no, are we? No, you're not going to no, 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 that no. game. Uh, aren't you going to rest your players? There's no incentive to win. Yeah, Brady doesn't want to rest. It's a he doesn't? Issue. It's an issue right now. We'll see. Who are you Might playing? Talk, though. Who are you playing? Falcons. Yeah, you're not going to lose the Falcons. Uh, you need to rest Brady. And the Falcons Evans. are favored by four and a half. I think. I think. I think Vegas knows something. Vegas knows the consensus. Yeah. They're not going to. Yeah. Yeah. Blaine Gabbard is sticking the helm. Cowboys five, Giants six, which to me is the biggest surprise of this season. For sure. I, I had yeah. pegged them as maybe a four-win team this yep. year. I, think they had three I was wins already last counting year. on. I was already counting on another great draft pick. I'm shocked. The only other thing that shocks me almost as much in the NFC is where the Rams yeah. finished up. Well, it's the um, worst performance by a Super Bowl team uh, the, the, the following year. And then, you know, you got the Seahawks, Lions, and Packers duking it out for seven. Well, I mean, the Packers had the inside track. That's a massive surprise. Yeah, unbelievable. They won, what, seven of eight? It's a play. that They, they win, they're in, right? Yeah, they're in. Okay. They're Let me in. ask you. I mean, that's milk. crazy. Milk, do you? Th- and they're gonna they're gonna beat the Lions. They're in. Yeah. At home, come on. Yeah. Milk, do you feel like the Bucks have turned it around and are now a force to be reckoned with in the playoffs? No. Are you predicting they beat the Cowboys? I, I I think it depends on which Cowboy team shows up. The one that chokes and Dak Prescott gives us the game, absolutely. But are we playing the Cowboys? You may not. Maybe we're playing the Eagles. You may. That's right. That's going to be. That's our next point. What's the word on Jalen? He's playing. Supposedly he's playing. I mean, is he practicing? But, you know, all the focus is on Jalen. I just got to tell you guys, I I don't have the stat right in front of me. The Eagles record without Lane Johnson is atrocious. Mm -hmm. He is so important to that team. It's like well below 500. Well, well. So everything's about... The guy that they had playing last week, Jack Driscoll, for for right tackle against the Saints, he was a turnstile. I mean, he was just getting just yeah. abused by Cam Jordan. So, I, I yes, that would be good if Jalen's back, but they got worries uh, about what's coming in on, off that side from the Giants. If any of those starters, you know, if Ojolari or Thibodeau are, are starting or playing, that's a problem. Well, I, I was – obviously pleased to see what the Cowboys could beat the Eagles, but I was very surprised to see the saints. Oh, it's terrible. Beat them fairly easily. That was terrible. Right. A team that's been eliminated. What's your prediction? Who wins the East? I think the Eagles are going to, I think they're going to rally. I mean, plus the giants are not playing for anything. Yeah. Right. And Danny dimes and Saquon going to sit it out. I mean, again, uh, I don't don't know. Brian Dable's not saying. Vegas has the Eagles minus 14 and a half. Yes. So they must be on the phone with Dable. Right. (laughs) Well, it makes sense. How bad would Dable look if Danny Dimes got hurt for no reason in game 18? I mean, you're not going to gain anything. My point to to House earlier was I don't think the Giants are good enough to turn it off and then turn it back on. I would be worried if I were Dable about switching it up and telling them to take it easy. Cause I don't, I just don't think they're good enough to do that. They, they need, they still need to practice. I still, as a lifelong giants fan, I cannot name our starting wide receivers. 
and they change from game to game lately. I don't even know but who you, these guys but you are. Have found, you have found a good one, I think, in this Hodgins guy. Yeah, but he, who? I did, did you know who he was three weeks ago? Of course not. All right. Well, neither did Danny Dimes. So he needs, <laughs> he needs to play more with him. But look, you, you know, looking ahead, Rooster, I, if you're going to play any other than Tampa, maybe don't you want Minnesota? I mean, I. Well, they're not yeah, going to play. We should have won the Minnesota game. I yeah. I mean, is I, that who you would get? Yeah. Of course you want Minnesota. That yeah. team is a fraud. Right. 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 I like that match. Unbelievable. By the way, Milk, Mike Evans is a Hall of Famer. Do you agree? Oh, my God. I mean, I'm waiting for House to say thank you. Well, House, no, I, I, draft, I drafted him for a reason because I think he's very good. But but you have to admit, as a Bucks fan, like he was a disappearing act for most of the season. No, he look. And now I think he got a thousand yards, right? Yeah, he did. nine years in a row. Yeah, I mean, it's you know who's good. ahead of him? Who? Who? One guy, Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice. Yeah. No, Mike Evans. He's one. It's like one of those guys who he's unbelievable, but he like people don't talk about him a lot. Maybe because he, I don't know, he played for the Bucks and Jameis for some so many years. But I, I will say this: it was very refreshing to see Brady. He was dropping dimes, by the way, and he was throwing the ball like 60 yards in the air on the money. Um, you know, the Panthers were playing well going into that game. I mean, they were a very hot team. Very encouraging to see. We got a two weeks to get healthy. We'll see what happens. But, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Dallas came in and blew us out. I, I wouldn't will. be surprised if either we're going to – either Dallas is going to beat themselves or Dallas is going to blow, blow us out. One of those two is going to happen. I would agree with that. All right, guys. Huge, huge matchup. Everything on the line for AFC South. Titans, Jags. Unbelievable. Who would have thought? I think the Jaguars are going to destroy them. Right? Yeah. They're at home, yeah. right? Yeah. And, they're, yeah. They're, and, and Titans Tennessee's... are playing with that like they're third playing string their third, The Titans are playing their third string quarterback. The, the Tennessee, Dauber. old Tennessee the quarterback. Henry's hurt. Yeah. They have no chance. Burks the Jaguars are, are, are hot as hell. Tennessee's lost like seven in a row, right? Six? Right. Yeah. So when the remember in the preseason, everybody was saying about the AFC, look out for the Colts, the Broncos, um, the Raiders are going to be good. I mean, I think the AFC has been a bigger surprise than the NFC this year. Yeah, there have been some real bombs in the in True. the. But the cream has rise to the top, though. Now, yeah, yeah, for the it's most where part. we thought it would be. Except for the Rams and perhaps the, I don't know. I think if I think if uh, it hadn't been for the Deshaun Watson thing, the Browns would have been a good team this year. Yeah, you, you know guys. Who, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, you know who looks like a total dick? Urban Meyer. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, what a terrible coach. What for the what NFL? A, what does a head coach do? I mean, if anyone has ever said, does a head coach matter? That is a prime example of look what a head coach does. Do you guys remember in the beginning of the season, uh, we were doing our preview and I asked if anyone here with Kenny Pickett thought the Steelers could continue Mike Tomlin's record of never having missed the playoffs. And Rooster said, it's possible. And we were all like, are you effing nuts? The Steelers need a Patriots lost to the Bills 
and the Dolphins loss to the Jets with God knows who's going to play quarterback and their own win against the Browns at home, and they will be back in the playoffs. And so I, I guess there's an overall coach of the year in the NFL, and I think Dable has that locked up. But Doug Peterson and Mike Tomlin will give a serious run for the right, right. What those two guys have right. done with those right. teams are unbelievable. But you know, what's, what's, I think, um, close to, to Doug Peterson replacing urban Meyer was Brian Flores being replaced with the dolphins. And I know right. that's probably, um, not politically correct to say, but for the same reason, he, he beat down Tua. he destroyed the guy's confidence, basically told him you suck. You suck. You suck. Urban Meyer was just horrible for the development of of the girl. And now that they have new coaches, look what they're doing. I mean, Tua for part of the year was the best quarterback in the NFL. And the Jaguars are off to the races. I mean, they've got the future ahead of them. And it look, was all because of a coaching change. And I don't want to play both Jack- instances. No. Jacksonville will have to. No, Jacksonville is going to. That's for the division. They get a home game. Home game, right? Yeah, but guess yep. who they get? They get the Chargers. That's going to be a. That's I like be a tough Jacksonville game. there at home. Yeah, no, Chargers. I mean, I, Chargers, Chargers feeling starting now because starting to feel it a little bit. It's now. not just Herbert. Eckler's on Eckler. unstoppable mm-hmm. right yeah. now. A little bit yeah. fucking late for me, but yeah. <laughs> Did you guys fair. know? Not here's bitter. a record that you will not believe could be broken. The Eagles having gotten like seven weeks in a row of six sacks per game. If the Eagles get six sacks against the Giants this week, they become the all-time NFL one-season sack record, beating the 1985 Bears, which is like crazy. Wow, that is how many sacks? Uh, It's I yeah I don't know it's it's a lot yeah we've had like six. For the year, <laughs> for the year, for the year, and I think you had like four in the first game against the Cowboys. Right, they all came against Dallas. Well, oh. I mean, we can't leave the AFC though without, you know, addressing what's going to happen. I mean, you've got, you've got Kansas City now has the first slot by virtue of a half game lead over Buffalo, but Buffalo has the tiebreak against Kansas City because they beat them head to head. Right, I mean, we're talking about the number one. Number one seed with a buy home field advantage, big difference between Buffalo and Kansas City for home field advantage. How do you think putting aside what we've been already talked about, how do you think the NFL is going to address this? Well, don't forget the Bengals are yeah. a game behind the Bills. Well, I don't know. They're 11 no, and four, but they don't the have the tie- 12 and three. Yeah, it, it, it'd be hard for a Cincy to get the home field throughout. I don't but, know how they can fix this. I mean, it's not a Right. If they're not going to play the game this week, which they say right. they're not, right? Right. They're not. You they're can't not. play it next week. So what uh, well, can you flex the two games and put them uh like a Thursday and a Wednesday or something? And then they have to play again the following weekend? Mm. There's In their not first a good, round playoff not, game? There's not a, a good solution. Wait a second. Oh, only one team gets a bye. Yeah, only the fr- who's getting the buy? Kansas City or Buffalo or Buffalo, or, right? But either I mean, way, but the only Buffalo would have to if they don't replay the game, then Kansas City wins. They get the buy, and even if Buffalo beats New England, because they're a half game ahead, even though Buffalo has the tie break. I, 
Where would Buffalo wow. play? Wow. And New Where England's would... in contention for the seventh seed, so you, it's not like you can reshuffle the schedule and say Buffalo, somebody else plays New England. Right. Buffalo would host the uh, the winner of either Steelers, Patriots, yeah, or uh, Dolphins because they'd be the second seed, presumably. Um, but, you know, and then Buff, you're going to tell Buffalo they have to go to Kansas City uh, potentially for the AFC championship game again. Well, it's either that I, you or know, they, they, they push the season back. Yep. You're going to push the Super Bowl back? Yeah. You're short in the time year? between the end of the playoffs and the Super Bowl. There is a week between the Super I'm almost positive there's a week between. But they've, well, that's, that's the way solution. they've been doing it. That's your solution. That's the only thing they can do. But, boy, that, you know. See what television it's it's there's not a there's not an easy answer. No. So the conference championship games are January the 29th and the Super Bowl is February the 12th. So you do have that. You have that Sunday in between. But I mean, you know, I think they're going to have to do that. They have to play that game. That's that's a that's crazy, because then. I mean, imagine all these teams. Now you have another week. Right. These teams will have an extra week of rest before their wild. And so, wait, so we're going to push back both conferences, right? Even though this is just an AFC issue. Yeah. Right? Yep. I mean, we're not going to have staggered. So I guess uh, to be continued. To be continued. Yeah, there's no good solution, but they're they're going to have to come up with something, and it's not going to be perfect. This is going to yeah. be some good chat for when we're at the tattoo parlor. Yeah, brah. <laughs> so it's going to be done for then. So last week I was this close to picking the Giants for my lock, and I thought, oh, I don't want to jinx my team, and I and I did what I said I would never do again, and I picked the Eagles. So how'd that turn out for for me? <laughs> well, Al? I'll tell you how it turned out. In the uh, speaking of giants, in the Plaxico locks, is Pope won this thing now? We're not going to talk about the runaway winner. It's just boring. It's like whatever. I can't it's you like on the bus. It's a race for second place. You, you guys remember bus. what Rory did at congressional? Like, let's just not even let's just not even talk about Pope. Because <laughs> <Right>. uh, <laughs> at least I won something this year. Uh, Pope has gone on a three-game win streak to move from eight and six. To eleven and six, and there's nothing left to speak of. But nobody cares about that anyway, because in F1, everyone cares about the midfield. Exactly. And so, <laughs> take a take a seat, Max Pope Stappen, because we've got four teams: Stappen. seven and ten, seven and ten, seven and ten, and seven, six. Uh, wait, he lost. There's them. a tie. There six, has to be a tie. It's spicy. Six, nine, and bison. one. There's always That's a right. tie. Bison There's always time. a tie. No, seven, nine, and one. Seven, nine, and one. Wait, uh, no, no, hold on. Six, ten, and one. Six. I can't figure this out. It's got to anyway, be six, yeah. nine, and one. Yeah, six, it's got to yeah. be seventeen. Six, ten, and one. Yeah, but there's a buy. No, we've we've had a game. Uh, oh yeah, we, we didn't have a buy. Six, yeah, we right, should have right, taken right. a buy. We so we'll, had a buy so we can't be. Season. Right. All right. So it's so it really, uh, it really. I think Bison is following the Commanders to the basement, but I think. Between the three of us, uh, we have a bet to make, which 
milk still needs to pay me up for. But anyway, oh, I, week oh, 18. You, yeah, you do. Damn nice, nice, nice bet there on. Uh, by the way, all of you betters out there, do not listen to Patrick Michler, who says that Georgia is going to kill, kill in capital letters, kill Ohio State. Kill. Uh, how about Ken Riley? <laughs> George is going to beat them like a rented mule, is what he said. <laughs> That's what they're going to do at TCU. Oh, here uh, we go. We'll here get we to go. college football in a second. All right, so uh, week 18, let's make our picks. Pope, do you even want to make a pick? Why wouldn't I? All right, do you have it ready? I'll I mean, let you guys go first. <laughs> luxury of going Gamblers, last. listen up. Pope is hot. Okay, I, I'm going to go first, give you guys that advantage. I'm going to say I'm all behind Dougie P and the Jags. I think the Titans suck, and uh, I, I, I like the Jags, even though they're giving six and a half. Jags minus six and a half to finish in second for go me. Go ahead and mark me for the same. I'm oh, in. so you want to tie with me. That's clever. Um, I, that was my pick. I'm in. All right. I am going to do what I should have done last week, and I'm going to take the Giants plus 14 and a half against the Eagles. That's smart. All right. Well, hold on. I'll change my bet then so okay. that we can't tie. Yeah, that's good. What? Um, take the Bucks. What's the Bucks line? The Bucks are getting four and a half at the Falcons. I'll take the Bucks. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Screw it. Blaine Gabbert, baby. All right. Um, we have not been able to find Bison. He's sitting under Major Tutty right now. So once we find him, <laughs> he is Major Give him Tutty. the commanders. He's gets oh, the commanders. He is Major Tutty. He is Major Tutty. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> <laughs> is he actually him? That's what. That's where he's going. Oh, oh, Jesus. <laughs> he's at a Chuck E. Cheese right now as Major Tutty. So just having fun with kids. All right. Pope, what's your pick? Not well, what I really want, I, I want to take the Packers. Uh, Ooh, so do I it. Think, yeah. Yeah. My, minus four and a half. They're, they're going to kill the Lions. Really? Oh. Yeah. I Frozen think, Tundra? Come on. I, I think that, you know, fucking A-Ron finally sees the light at the end of the tunnel and they're going to they're going to go. And I, I would not want to be the team that has to play Green Bay in the first round as as the Cowboys have been the number one seed and be- lost to them before at home. They're going to go to San Francisco. And I, if I'm San Francisco, I do not want to play Aaron Rodgers. I just don't. After last year, what they did to him in Green Bay. I have yeah. I have breaking news. I have breaking news from Major Bison Tutty. I've got a pick in. You're going to love this one. His pick, his pick just came in. He is... I can't believe this. Oh, this the great. poor guy. He's so beaten. I feel so sad. He's taking the Cowboys minus five over the commanders. Oh, <laughs> oh Lord. Oh my. Oh, that's well, a broken. That's a broken man. Right that's there. a broken man. That is a broken man. That's a smart man though. Unfortunately, how oh, he's you know, bet against his team and taking the Cowboys. The, oh. N- the NFL has pitted our teams up against each other in the time slot. Yeah, that's a good decision. So that's, we're that's not going to know spite. like, Cowboys have to play their starting line. They have to win. Yep. And and oh, the Eagles have to win. He is that, but he's not doing it because of that. He's just angry. He's angry. He's mad. This is the best, best form of bison. This is the way he's showing his anger. <laughs> All right. That's the NFL. Oh, bison. All right. 
let's move on to college football. Um, you know, I'm not a huge college football fan, Milk, but God, I think this is the best bowl season I've ever seen. Um, tell us, talk yeah. to us about this. First of all, that my my reason for Bison not coming on the pod was because he would didn't want to apologize for the excitement that college football has been this year and mm, for mm. TCU playing for the national championship, which he loves. Mm. Um, it was a, it was really a heck of a bowl season. You know, I will say this, I, I'll, I'll caveat it with, I think the bowl season is take, unless you're in the playoffs or a major new year's six bowl, a lot of the bowl games have been diminished by the transfer portal, in my opinion, you know, a lot of the guys aren't there for the bowl games. They're they've already left the, the school, the teams. You have backup quarterbacks, third string quarterbacks, backups playing. But when you get to the bowls that actually matter, um, the, and especially the playoffs, you see some. You saw some really fantastic games um, highlighted by, and I think we have to start with the playoffs, uh, the Fiesta Bowl and the Peach Bowl. Uh, TCU. Heavy underdogs. Um, Pope, are you ready to apologize? I mean, that's my first question. Oh, boy. I I, I think it's time. Oh, and boy. I'm going to give you the opportunity and a stage to say I'm sorry. Yep. Show some integrity Come there, Pope. It's time. Okay. <laughs> I am sorry to all There it is. Wow. Horn Frog friends out there, I underestimated the heart of Max Duggan and the boys. And um, I was shocked and wow. the emotion kind of went like I expect, expected Michigan to beat them like a, you know, redheaded stepchild and a rented mule or a rented mule or whatever phrase you want to come up with. And uh, as, as we looked at the score, mind you, I didn't watch any of these games because they were late, you know, early morning hours in Paris, but, um, as, as the scores, um, would, would come in, uh, I just couldn't believe that TCU was not only staying with them, but beating them. And, uh, and then Michigan came back and when, when TCU came back, I was happy for them. I'm, I'm happy for all my friends at TCU. I'm happy for the big 12. They finally have a, 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 a uh, national championship game. Who would have thought it would be TCU that would take them there? Um, and, uh, go horn frogs. Look, I'm, Matt, I'm Matt, pulling for them. Are on, you pulling uh, for them on Monday? Matt, I am. Wow. Wow. Um, look, what a turnaround. Max, Max Dugan. And it's and, a great story. And, by the way, the game story Quentin Johnston had, and that's a first rounder. Ooh, by the way, he's good. He is real good. Um, but also I think the story is how much Michigan shit the bed. Like I think their first three first and goals, they walked away with three points. Mm. And well, including that, that, that awful ridiculous thing. trick play on the first series. Like a dumb way to open when, when, stupid. That, did they do the Philly special? Yeah, they yeah, tried. They to. tried it. They tried. What, like what, what happened to Harbaugh? Did they overthink it? Like suddenly Michigan just like took like 10 steps back. Like it was like, we're going to try all this weird shit. And I don't know. I mean, they 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 shit the bed, and that tell you right there that was the game, and that's what cost cost Michigan. Um, but I think about oh, two pick sixes. I mean, two pick sixes. TCU's defense came up when it. I mean, they gave up a lot of points, but 
man, those, those pick sixes were huge. Um, Michigan mixed, missed opportunities. And then the Peach Bowl, unbelievable. I was wrong. I thought Ohio State was going to get their ass kicked. Um, and I'll tell you what, I th- right now, Stetson Bennett, that guy is the most underrated quarterback in college football. Yeah. Okay. He's also it's hard to be underrated when you go to New York as a finalist for the Heisman. But nobody talks about him. Everyone right. I know, right. but still, come on. That I, last I, that last drive was amazing. And he's a he's a good guy too, like an honest guy. He he said they Ohio State had that game won for most of the game. I felt like it was like ninety five percent of the game. Ohio State looked like they were going to win it. Well, they had two 14 point leads in the first yeah. half and uh, the second half. Ohio State wins that game if they don't lose Marvin Harrison. Period. Yeah, I agree. Period. Yeah. How was that but, not a targeting? I don't, I don't know. I, yeah. Question. What's the point? Of, what's the but, point of reviewing targeting? But also, House, like they had Georgia right where they want wanted them, and then they would give up like a seventy yard bomb. Yeah. Like wide open. Like their corners at, at the end of the game just collapsed. Uh, and but I'll tell you what, and you you texted this. How huge was that timeout call? It, it may like win them a national champ. This is one of the smartest coaching things I've ever done. I've Set ever that up, seen. Mel, because I, 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 it was a fourth down, uh, fake punt, oh, right? It was a fake punt, fourth, fourth, and what was it? Fourth and fourth one. Fourth and one. Yeah. Fourth and one. Um, and From their own thirty-five ish. Yeah, it was not expected. I mean, it wasn't one of those, and and it they, ends the game for uh Ohio State. If they get it, they it, they they win the game. There's yeah. the <laughs> clock is running down. I think they're inside of two minutes. And, and I don't if know they get who it, it's it was, over. If it was Kirby or someone up in the booth or whatever, but they read it out. They saw it and got, they called a timeout. Ohio State actually ran the play. They, they ran, ran the, the play down. and got the first down. Yeah. Um I I read that Ohio State had done that in a prior game. It may not have worked, but that Georgia was suspicious that might happen Think about at some that. point. And they came out with that lineup, and immediately they're like, and "That by the way, that's the shit that we don't even think about." Like these coaches have to right. know everything, and it has to be quick. Like they got to recognize that. Oh, that's the play they ran against fucking Indiana in week four. Or you whatever. like Ron Rivera? <laughs> <laughs> it's yes. unlike Ron Rivera. Oh, poor boys. Uh, but so look, TCU, Ohio State, or uh, Georgia. Who do, who do you guys have? What's the line? Is it nine and a half still? Hmm. I'll tell you in a second, but I will tell you. Does anybody just, have TCU winning this game? I've got Georgia. I hate it's Georgia. Now twelve and a half. I mean, they might cover. Which, which is, you know, part of the course for TCU. They've been disrespected by yours truly and everybody else. Um, it's it's just it's hard to know what goes into those guys getting psyched up, play a national championship game, let it all on the line. I, I think TCU can win. I absolutely think TCU can win. Here's why Georgia's going to win. Uh, you could see in both uh, playoff semifinals that the rust killed these teams, particularly on the defensive side. Georgia, I still think, had an edge over Michigan on defense, two great defenses, but they got hurt by that rust. Georgia's got warmed up now. They're in practice mode. It's happening 
right pretty much back to back. I think Georgia's defense shows up way better than what you saw against Ohio State. And because of their defensive play, I think they're able to shut down TCU. I think they're able to basically neutralize Quentin Johnson. I, I think they I think they come away with this one. You know, the thing that I'm curious about with Georgia is why they don't give the ball to McIntosh more. Yeah, I mean, he's pretty much unstoppable at this point of the year. Um, every time he touched the ball, he was ripping off big gains. Even when he caught the ball, same thing. And then they'd give him a breather and the other guy would come in and, and be, you know, in comparison, mediocre. I mean, it's a big game now. I, I think they need to increase McIntosh's load. Yeah. And he's, I, I, I see TCU having a hard time stopping him. I I agree with you, Pope. I think TCU can absolutely win this game. You you forget this year, Georgia had several kind of weird slip up. Play to the level of their competition. You know, almost lost to Missouri. There were a couple other games. It wasn't just this blowout where we're 100 times better than everybody else. I think this could be real close. Um, I think it's going to be a real exciting final. Yeah, I mean, I think TCU TCU wins – very close game or Georgia blows them out. I don't, I don't see the opposite. I mean, all right, well, let's, let's move on. We're, we're running a little late here, fellas. Um, We're going to wrap up 2022. We lost some serious legends in the world of sports um, this past year, but also a lot of important stars, too many to list. I mean, it's amazing how many there, there are. Let's just run through quickly. And we'll spend a little time on the legends. Dan Reeves went went to four Super Bowls. Died in about him. January one, early. Yeah, yeah. Don, Don Maynard, the uh, first guy to hit two, ten thousand yards receiving. He was Joe Namath's favorite receiver in Super Bowl two, was it in nineteen sixty eight? Um, Joe B. Hall, legendary coach of Kentucky, died in in January. Clark Gillis the center on the famous New York, New York Islanders four consecutive Stanley cup winning team died in January. And then in April, his mate, Mike Bossy joined him. Mm. So only Trottier is still around from that team. Bill Fitch, famous coach, uh, Charlie Taylor, famous wide receiver for the Redskins. Um, let me see who else we have here. Tommy Davis, famous baseball player, Gene Shu, famous coach for the for the 76ers and other many other teams. Rayfield White from the right from the Cowboys. Um Daryl LaMonica. Oh yeah. Famous famous Notre Dame quarterback who who uh played for the Raiders for many years. Um before Stabler took over from him, he was the man. Here's a legend, Guy Lafleur. The Canadians died in April. Bob Lanier, famous all-star from the Pistons. Best baseball writer in the history of sports writing, Roger Angel, died mm-hmm. this year at 101 yeah. years old. Wow. Um, <laughs> the Goose, Tony Siragusa, defensive lineman for the Packers, went on to be a on-field reporter. Died at the young age of 55 in June. As Moose and the Goose. Moose and the Goose. 
Bill Russell, legendary Bill Russell. We covered him on the pod when he died. Legendary Vince Scully, the voice of Major League Baseball. We covered it when he died. Pete Carrill, the Princeton, the 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 the, the man behind the Princeton offense, oh, died sure. in August. Tom Weisskopf, Tom Weisskopf, the famous uh, PGA star in the seventies, died in August. Len Dawson, we covered him. Maury Wills, we should have covered him. First guy to steal 100 bases in a season uh, for the Dodgers. Bruce Sutter, one of the best receivers in the history of baseball. Ray Guy, the best punter in the history history of the NFL. John Hadle. Anybody know who John Hadle was? Quarterback. For? Uh, USC? No. The Chargers. Chargers, Chargers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gaylord Perry, who played for a thousand teams, died at age 84 in December. Um, Paul Silas, we covered. Grant Wall, the sports writer for soccer, we covered. Mike Leach, Coach Leach, we covered. And then just recently, Franco. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, a lot has been said about Franco, and it seems to always it seems to kind of overfocus on the immaculate reception which was his rookie year. I think it does a disservice. This is, this man played 13 years, rushed nine consecutive times for a thousand yards. Um, he's third all time in rushing yards, nine pro bowls, four super bowls, one super bowl MVP in a year when their whole receiving core was hurt. And they basically just ran the ball down the Vikings throats with Franco who he ran 34 times in that game for 158 yards uh, he, he, you know, this was back in the day when the second most glamorous position wasn't the wide receiver. It was a running back and Franco was the man. I mean, Pittsburgh, you know, this house, Franco's Italian army Pittsburgh loved this guy and still does. He was, he was the rookie of the year of the year. He, he made that immaculate reception, but he had a strong 13 year career and really was awesome. Um, I, I grew up with. Uh, Franco Harris is my hero. Uh, I literally had a white helmet that was plain, nothing on it. And I went and I got some gold paint and I painted a 32 on it. And that's, that was the guy that I wanted to be that whole team, Franco running behind Rocky Blyer, that, Mm -hmm. you know, incredible line with Mike Webster. And of course the defense and Terry Bradshaw, Franco was absolutely the man. And until Emmett came along, everything was the Franco versus Tony Dorsett. You know, they were going back and forth. And then eventually Eric Dickerson and Emmett came along. But Franco and Tony Dorsett, those were the standard bears for running backs in the NFL. Yep. And he came out of Penn State with a where his running mate was Lydell Mitchell. Lydell Mitchell. It's a hell of a backfield in college. So and then so late so that was uh, December um, early December uh, just recently Pele died at age eighty two and when we were kids there were two international stars who you could go into any house in the world and they would know these people one of them was Pele and the other one was Muhammad Ali that's how big a star Pele was back True. then. Um, the FIFA gives him credit for scoring over 1,200 goals in 1,300 matches. Those records are a little tough to verify because he played in so many unofficial games. 
but he did have two seasons where he scored over a hundred goals. Um, and he played in four world cups and won three. I mean, the guy, they had his, uh, funeral service today in Brazil, 200,000 people showed up just off the street to yeah. mourn Pele. That's how popular he was. In, many in more Brazil. millions around the world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's, he's scored, I think 12 goals in the world cup. He's, he was quite the thing. And like I said earlier, when he teamed up with Giorgio Canalia and Franz Beckenbauer and Shep Messing and others and played for the Cosmos. They damn near popularized soccer in this country. And then it died with Pele. When Pele left and retired, the, the league couldn't sustain in 1985. But he was really, you know, it was a, it was a big deal to go to a, a Cosmos game back in New York back then. Go to Giant Stadium or Yank, the old Yankee Stadium and see them play. It was a big deal. So tough year for sports legends and stars last year. Let's hope this year is a little kinder. So far, not so good. Pouring one out for 2022 goats. Cheers. Cheers. Come on, man. And with the local DBC news, Evan Kujay with a triumphant comeback. Pope, so much for nice, sympathetic right. thoughts. Let's punch somebody. I think there's at least three people who, who could be punched right now. Well, we're taking nominations. Uh, let's let's get out of the way with the, the one that's the most obvious. Um, probably not much uh, dissent on this one, and that's uh, Kayvon Thibodeau from the Giants. Most of us have seen his uh, blindside tackle of... Uh, a big dick Nick folds uh, against the Colts. Um, he went down hard. Um, you know, it wasn't a, a roughing the passer play, but it definitely was a hard hit. And and folds is laying there on his back, kind of writhing. And Thibodeau, for whatever reason, decides uh, that he's going to make some snow angels on the ground. Uh, and he starts, you know, doing the gyrations to make snow angels. And 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 he's actually tapping uh, folds and the shoulder as he's doing it. Um, the analysis, I think, to, on this is that maybe, one, we uh, uh, give him a little bit of a pass because he didn't know that that Foles was injured. Okay, maybe. But number two, he's on the sidelines, and it's clear that Foles was in distress and getting medical treatment, and he does, you know, the sleeper. I put him to sleep. Uh, I think that's indefensible, and what for a that, dick. he yeah. should be. Yeah. He should be kicked in the dick and and punched uh, as well. Um, yeah, he gets a kick in the dick. I can't yeah. defend him, even though I'm a fan. Yeah, Lasek yeah. number and, two is totally indefensible. Number one, he says he didn't know. Right. Who are we to say he's right. lying? But I have to say, no fucking grown man does fucking snowing. Snowing. <laughs> For any reason whatsoever, when there's no unless snow. you're out in the snow with your kids, but my God, these some of these celebrations are ridiculous. They're just ridiculous. I'm not and, sure I've seen the snow angel one, and so for him to do it at the time that he actually injured somebody, uh, yeah, hor- horrific uh, timing. As we used um, to say, act like you've been there before. Do a little fist pump and get off the field. 
Yeah. All right. So we're punching his ass. Okay. Number two, we have a nomination uh, from the mailbag, right, House? Yeah, came in from the mailbag. From, uh, I believe it's uh, Derek Walker in Richmond, Virginia? Yes. And who who does he want to punch? Derek Walker thinks that uh, I, I want I want to get it right. Um, let's see. Derek Walker, his nomination is for Skip Bayless um, to get punched all year. To get yeah, to get punched all year. I just want to see, see the language right. I mean, it's not coming up right away, but um, oh, Derek's language or Skip's? May I? So he he attached skips language from his tweet which i think most people have heard of at this point and said may i nominate skip bayless for the first punchable face of 2023 um so that's that's our nomination yeah and so to put it in context uh after uh uh darwin went down um there was uh a lot of talk about what's going to happen in fact we could punch the fucking nfl too right because the NFL evidently told the refs to tell the teams that they needed five minutes for warm up and they're going to resume the game because Joe Burrow started throwing the ball on the sidelines and it was the coaches. They're now who, denying that. Uh, well, they can deny it all they want, but clearly the refs told the, I mean, there's, there's video. They told the coaches something because Burrow started warming up. And how uh, did right. the broadcasters get that? Right. No, ESPN is, ESPN is now having to defend Joe Buck. For, for for announcing that five minute rule and saying, hey, that's what we were told in real time. He wouldn't make this up. No. And the NFL saying we never said that, which I think oh, is a lie. On. That's I think cool. it's a total that's, lie. Punch him again. Yep. You know, um, and so anyway, Bayless, I don't know how how much after uh the event, the medical event happened said and i'm not going to read the tweet everybody's probably already seen it who listens to us by now but it said something to the effect of the nfl is in a tough position this is a game of great importance it's coming at the end of the season uh you know what are we going to do but now suddenly it seems irrelevant because of what happened on the field um most people looked at the first part of that tweet and said you know how callous is skip bayless uh, for bringing up, you know, what the NFL should or shouldn't do because of the uh, situation they've been put in and um, kind of skipped over, you know, the past, uh, the end of it. And then Bayless actually about an hour later said, I apologize if I was misunderstood. Paramount is a player's health, et cetera. I mean, obviously you could say, well, he's just trying to fix a problem he created. You know, Skip Bayless is controversial. I mean, I, I haven't liked the guy since 1980s when he was in Dallas talk radio, sports radio, and he's always trying to throw bombs. Um, but here I think, you know, does he deserve a punch? Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess, did he say the quiet part out loud that some people, not all, but some people were thinking like, oh gosh, what's going to happen now? Uh, with the situation here because this game was meant everything as far as the playoff situation was concerned, obviously secondary to the health concerns, but um, I, I'm just not sure. And, and, and I, a little bit of research. So Scott Van Pelt, a couple hours later, um, he did a great job, I think, covering it, but he starts great. talking with some of the other ESPN guys. They're like, well, what's the NFL going to do? I mean, they're put in a horrible position. They're going to have to figure something out. So, I mean, People were talking about it, but they were also saying we have to be 
praying for the player and hoping the, for the best and thinking of his family. Um, I think you can, you can walk and chew gum at the same time. I just don't think skip deserves a punch versus everybody else who also went down that road. But I, I think others can differ. Well, go ahead. House. I'm punching this guy. I mean, I, I want to punch skip any chance I can get. The guy's a blowhard, but it really comes down to this for me. You don't always have to say something, Skip. Like, you don't have to weigh in. There's no scoop here. No one really cares what you think at that moment. Um, it, it wouldn't be overly cl- cliche or trite to just wish the guy well. There comes a time and appropriate place, maybe the day after, what does the NFL do now or whatever. But I just thought that the timing of it was really, really in poor taste. Whether it's misinterpreted or not, he obviously apologized that it, he realized he did something wrong. I, I just, I thought the timing of it sucked and I thought it was callous for the moment because Skip Bayless likes to be heard at all, at all times. And for that, I want to punch him. So Derek, I accept your nomination. Do I get a second from Rooster? Uh, yeah, I, I think Pope makes a good point. Uh, the, the text may be poorly worded and misinterpreted. But I think you make a better point. What's the point of the text? Why why make it? Why send it at that time? Keep your damn mouth shut for once in your life, Skip Bayless. Shut the hell up, and you would have been better off. Um, And apologies don't always fix things, which brings me to my nomination for Punchable Face of the Week, Dana White. Oh, God. you You hear what this jackass did recently? Yep. So he's on vacation with his wife in Mexico. They both get a little loaded. She, she takes a swing at him. So he beat, you know, he takes like several swings at her and smacks her in the face two, three times comes out with the, the kind of apology people should give no excuses. I did what I did was wrong. Blah, blah, blah. It's all on me. I deserve everything you're all saying about me. Well, yeah, you do. I mean, you don't punch your wife in the face, even if she hits you first. I mean, Pope, you, you're a witness. I've been punched in the face by my wife when she's had a few too many. It, my reaction was not to hit her back. You know, I could do some serious damage. And she, you know, she, she can't. She's a featherweight. It's just wrong. It's just wrong and disgusting. And it shows the character of the man. So Dana White, nice try at an apology, but you get a punch in the face, too. All right, we're way over, but let's do one quick lasso, House. Hey, so this isn't just a Homer lasso. Uh, There was one notable absence from Milk's uh, college football recap, but I think it was on purpose because we saved it for the lasso. Uh, We... We've we've gone around on on here about whether or not college football is fun or whether it's the same old teams or whatever. And the joke on here is, you know, we don't have a Boston College to root for, a team that you never expect to be in it and actually does something. Well, this year, that team was my own alma mater, the Tulane Green Wave. This is a team that last year went two and ten, spending a good part of their season practicing in Birmingham because of Hurricane Ida. Uh, They were decimated by injuries. They were decimated by weather issues from the hurricane and and everything that came after that. 
and they were they were a bad team and they uh basically came back with the same personnel but retweaked some things particularly with their offensive strategies and who was making the play calls and Willie Fritz took a team that was 10 and 2 and 2 and 10 and turned it around to a 12 and 2 team that not only won the AAC knocking out perennial victor from that conference UCF but made it to the Rose Bowl where they faced the Heisman Award winner Caleb Williams and I, I just got to tell you that guys, this crazy, crazy stat. Uh, so Caleb Williams had the, the USC team never punted in that game, had 600 yards of offense, only one turnover, scored 45 points, and yet that team lost. Uh, by now, people have seen the highlights, the incredible, improbable comeback down 15 points with four minutes to go. They stormed back. It's a great feel-good story for college football. There's only been one other NY6 team that's pulled from one of the mid-majors that has won it on on one of those NY6 bowls, which was Boise State back in the day. Boise State and Tulane now hold that uh, distinction. It was a great, great feel-good story. Um, No four-star players, no five-star players. Michael Pratt, uh, Tajay Spears, Dorian Williams, Nick Anderson, really, really just great uh, kids with playing just with a lot of heart. They have they have talent. I think you're going to see all four of those guys that I mentioned play in the NFL uh, at some level, mostly Tajay Spears, but uh, inc- incredible victory, incredible experience for college football. I, I hope you guys saw the highlights. It was, that, it was pretty special. That Cotton Bowl was one of the most fun bowl games i've i've ever watched it really was oh pope you're on mute but wasn't it the greatest turnaround in fbs history going from two in history now. to 12 and two yeah but so i would say coach this gonna be there next year he's staying for now he's staying for now he loves what, it there what if harbaugh goes to the panthers don't you think he would be a candidate for michigan Oh, boy. That would be interesting. Just saying. That would be interesting. Yeah. But it, you guys, Caleb Williams, he, he is the next Mahomes. Yeah, yeah he he's good. He's good. And he has roll, one more year. Roll right? green before wave. Can, one more roll year wave. before he can go uh, to the draft, right? Yeah, one more year. Yep. All right. Well, good job, fellas. M- Happy milk. New Year, boys. Happy New Year. House yeah. is off to a great start. Yep. Fantasy win. Yeah, brah. Hopefully, yeah, uh, hopefully get derailed on Sunday. Hey, by the way, who called that first thing in the year? I said you were going to win. That was you, Rooster. I did. Hopefully, hopefully the pattern doesn't continue next year where the loser of the Super Bowl wins the next year because then we'll have a repeat. Yeah, we need we need fresh blood. We, every need, year. New, we need a new winner, Pope. All right. Aloha oh, to you, Nace. We made you there. listen to the whole thing, Major Tutty. <laughs> See ya. <laughs>
The SMQBs are Brian Bandwagon Pope, who hails from Dallas, Texas, and has never met a first-place team that he didn't have a personal connection to. Michael Rooster Phelan, hailing from Richmond, and who roots for teams from New York, or is it Boston? I can't remember which it was. One or the other. Also, Patrick Milk Michaeler from Tampa Bay, and he is still massively in love with Tom Brady and will never get over his man crush on the GOAT. Toby House Milrod, a long-suffering sports fan, hailing from Philadelphia, whose Eagles team, mm, they're still looking for another quarterback. And I am Chris Bison Nace, hailing from Washington, District of Champions. Thanks for listening.